Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. All right, welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. I'm your host as always, John Chapman. And man, we've got a lot of news. You know, it's draft week. We are here. It's Monday. (laughs) The draft takes place in three days' time, which I'm so excited about. Now, here's the deal. To add to the building pressure of the week and all the things that's going on. John Lynch held a virtual press conference today and kind of just went over a lot of things, did a little Q&A and all that stuff, and that just ended about three minutes ago. So I was hoping to wait till we get that finished to jump on here. We're going to be talking about new 49ers news, which he answered a lot of questions and kind of changed some things that's going on. Then... Um, We're going to jump in, and I want to do something a little different in anticipation of the draft. I've done a lot of mock drafts. You know, there's new articles up on NinersRush.com. You can go check those out. But what I wanted to do is go through and pick my two favorite players from each round. And not even necessarily the two best players that I want the 49ers to get. I'm going to pick a quarterback, too. Um, But just two players that I think, with where their round value is, stand out and are going to be huge hits for where they're being picked at. So uh, that's what we have on the agenda today. Really, really exciting. And again, it's been over a month, really since the Combine, that we've had a true kind of press conference where we can get behind um, the curtain a little bit with John Lynch in this front office. And one of the best things about John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan they're not a smoke and mirrors type team. They're just very honest and forthright, and they put out there what they believe and what they want to do. And so we're going to get that today. So we're going to be breaking that down. And first, you know, want to say thank you to everybody that is listening for this fun week. Man, we need sports bad right now. <laughs> so this is great. No matter where you're listening, I do want to say thank you. Um, but the preferred method we're trying to get everybody on is the Hot Mic app. Uh, it's available for everybody for free. Use the invite code RUSHESF. Appreciate the people that are joining us here. Um, If you're on YouTube or Periscope or Twitter or wherever, thank you. Um, But you want to make sure you head over to uh, Hot Mike because we're going to be broadcasting live throughout the draft there and interacting on there. Um, At host Chuck B is going to be joining me. And for the people that do head over to uh, Hot Mike and download the app with our invite code and follow us, we're giving away a free autograph to Jimmy Garoppolo jersey Thursday uh, during the first round of the, the draft during the first 10 picks so you definitely want to make that so thank you guys everybody that's showing up and they're over there so uh, let's jump in quickly to some of this news and then we'll go back and start to get to some of these questions okay Um, first off you know earlier today about an hour and a half ago 
It gets leaked out from several different sources, but the first one was David Lombardi. David Lombardi knows what the hell he's talking about, first off. Uh, very credible journalist, uh, but he puts this out there and basically says... They are looking to possibly move three prominent players, D. Ford, Quan Alexander, and Jaquaski Tart. Now, these are new names that have, you know, rumblings perhaps around for some of these guys, especially Quan. Uh, one, just because of the price he's paid, and then Drake Greenlaw stepping up to the level we were hoping Quan could be at. That that's that's huge. So, Quan Alexander, D. Ford, and Jaquaski Tart. So, let's talk about these three players. And, you know, I prepared a little bit of piece, and I was going through their contracts, hoping to talk to you guys about it. But here's the deal. One of the first questions that was asked of, you know, John Lynch was about these three players. And the quote was that he loved all three of them and looks forward to having them on the roster in 2020. This front office, they're not the type of we're all or nothing. They tried to trade for. They tried to sign Austin Hooper. Uh, they tried to trade for Evan Ingram. That's being floated around now as well. They've tried. They tried to go after Odell Beckham Jr. Whenever he was still with the Browns, they're trying to figure things out. But this is not a front office that wants to overpay and give up too much. And so, yeah, they're going to flirt around with a lot of these things. They're going to figure out what's best. So D Ford, first off, this is the one that's the anomaly. Anomaly for me. I want to keep D Ford because we saw the difference he makes. Yeah, he missed a lot of time, and that's problematic. But when he was on the field, the defense was the best in the NFL by far. Whenever he was off, you think about that long stretch towards the end of the season when we were arresting him, and every single game was coming down to the last possession. I think it was like five in a row. I don't think when D Ford is healthy, that's a big if. I get it. Um, but I do think that his contract is not that bad, actually. Uh, you know, if you, they had, the 49ers built a 2021 option out next year. Um, you can save $14.2 million next year if you wait. And so that, that's, that's kind of the issue. Uh, there's not really a lot of dead money if you wait till next year. Uh, if, you, if you cut him or trade him in 2021, you only have $5 million in dead cap money, but that's spread over two years. So it's like three point or like two point eight, and then a two point two. It's really not that bad of a deal. So D Ford's contract very tradable. Even though I don't want to trade it, I think he's going to command the largest price out there. Uh, I don't think that you can get a second rounder, which we gave up a twenty twenty. We gave up a year later second, uh, but maybe a third. I, I prefer to keep him personally. Now Quan Alexander is a different story. I love Quan. The energy of the defense, he's responsible for that. But the last three games we saw of, saw of Quan Alexander in the playoffs were the worst three games of Quan Alexander's entire career. Um, you could argue we lost the Super Bowl because of his play. Um, dropped interception. Uh, I think he had three or four missed tackles, all for extra first downs. He just played terrible. Now, he wasn't fully healthy, and he was pushing it, and so you don't want to penalize a player that's willing to put themselves out there. I do penalize the coaching staff. They should have made an adjustment. Um, he played very, very bad. I love Quan, But for what you're paying him, that's crazy. Uh, for an inside linebacker that's just taking Sam snaps, because Dre Greenlaw, that's his spot, okay? Dre Greenlaw showed us his ceiling down the stretch. It's higher than Quan Alexander ever played his entire career. So Dre Greenlaw is the answer there. And again, you know, to, to push my chips in even further, 
I think Drake Greenlaw could be the best linebacker we have. I love Fred Warner. Six all-pro votes. Deserve those. Probably deserve more. Drake Greenlaw's ceiling is higher than anybody on this team at the linebacker position. Uh, so, Quan, do you want to keep somebody that we're only going to be using for 20 snaps a game at the same position and then depth? I don't know. Uh, we have the best linebacking core in the NFL. If you could move him, that would be huge because we just restructured his deal, which helps us in 2020 cap numbers. But if we do trade him, that saves us $10.5 million cap space in 2021. So uh, curious to see what's going to happen there. Because if, let's just say hypothetically, we don't trade Quan, it's a very tough contract to trade. The draft capital that you would get in return is not going to be that high because of the contract. But if you do trade him, you're saving a lot of money down the road. And if you don't trade him, he is going to be a cap casualty next year. The restructuring of the deal basically means we'll keep him this year if we can't trade him. But next year could be a problem. Okay, uh, Jaquaski Tart, last one I'll talk about before I jump into questions and then some more Lynch quotes. A lot of people love Jaquaski Tart, and they attribute the good defense with him. And whenever he went out and Marcel Harris stepped in, that's when things got bad. Yeah, well, Marcel Harris stepped in versus the Saints and the Ravens. So that's a big reason for it. Did Marcel Harris give up some big plays? Yes. Is Marcel Harris going to give up big plays? Yes. I don't think Marcel Harris is the answer to the safety position. I think that the answer to the safety position is uh, more. I, I love Tarverius more. I really, really do. I, I would prefer to move Jimmy Ward to strong safety, and then have Tarvarius Moore play free safety, or vice versa. I'd be fine with that as well. The problem with Tart is this. Defense, or opposing offensives target him, and he forces no turnovers. You watch the playoffs. You watch close games. They are running right at Tart. Um, they're throwing right at Tart. He is the first read of the defense more often than not, and that pro that's a problem. He's in the last year of his deal. And um, if he is cut or traded, he won't be cut. If he is traded, uh, you would say $4.7 million this year. So it's something to look into, especially when you have all the depth at that position already. You're four deep at safety. Um, so it, I, I don't think that the 49ers are trying to get rid of these players. I don't think that's what it is. I think they're saying, hey, if somebody would like to overpay, then we would be interested in moving them. That's kind of what's at stake here. Um, so uh, I doubt any of these guys move. I, I don't think that's what's going to happen. Now, jumping over on Hot Mike, if um, you guys want to join us in the chat room over there. Uh, first off, Alan King, what's up, man? Appreciate you joining us. All these trade rumors uh, are making you mad also. Yeah, they are. I, don't, I, I like the no leaks taking place. You know, we've been through front offices, Alan, that – Everybody knows what's going on as it's happening in real time behind the scenes. We haven't had that with Kyle Shanahan. We had no clue DeForest Buckner was getting traded, and that was a trade that was two months in the works. They started talking a week after the Super Bowl, and it didn't take place till the first day of free agency. You know, that that's special because – I'll use the word special. Dang it. <laughs> but that's special because that's a lot of moving parts, and over a long period of time we heard nothing. So why are – we hearing stuff now, uh, smoke screen, whatever. 
it's the first week of the draft. You're going to hear a lot of craziness. It's just what's going to happen. Aussie Faithful, what is up? Uh, shout out from uh, <laughs> the Southern Hemisphere. Love it, man. Um, anyway, uh, Ra- Raul, love it. Please calm down. Everybody's on the, <laughs> the trade market. Yeah, it, it's stressful for sure. Um, and I, I really don't think we're going to get a lot of movement from those three. The one, If I had to rate what players will be traded and not, I'd say Marquise Goodwin, I'd say Matt Breida, and then it would be a long gap, and then Quan Alexander. I think those would probably be the three if I had to pick. And again, Quan's a huge maybe, but I think Matt Breida and I think also uh, Marquise Goodwin, which Lynch even said, you know, that they've gotten close to accepting two separate deals on Marquise Goodwin being traded. So uh, <laughs> that stuff is interesting to say the least. Uh, big Marquise Goodwin fan, but it does seem like his time um, is, is gone, is going to be gone. So um, let's see here. Do you think that they move Keys Ford and sign Clowney? No, I don't think Clowney is going to be a guy that they bring in. Um, I, I, I just don't see that. I really, really don't. Um, the money would not work. He is wanting, he wanted $20 million. Jadavian Clowney wanted $20 million off the bat. Nobody's paying him that. That number's back down to $17 million. Um, I, I would prefer to keep Ford 100% over Clowney. He's cheaper, and I, he fits in the system and works in the system. So I, I'm not, I don't want to pursue Clowney at all, personally. Um Anyway, so all that being said, uh, a couple other questions, you know, that I do want to just jump into. And I love Quan Alexander. Please take this as understanding. The reason why you move away from Quan Alexander is his cap number when you have two other rookie linebackers that are starting in front of him. The Mike and the Will, they play every single play of the defense. And we saw that in the Super Bowl, the NFC Championship, and the Divisional Round. Uh, and you see, you know, Quan Alexander's playing the Sam Micro backer role which he is swapping plays in and out with the nickel backer uh Kwan Williams so Quan and Kwan Williams are swapping out every other play they equal one person you don't want that much cap represented with Quan Alexander as he's just a situational player yeah he's still considered a starter but that's not really what we're trying to get into um so you take that for what you want but great things are ahead um let's see here uh, the last game and the biggest game of the year, this is from Damien on Hot Mike. Uh, Ford disappeared. Didn't want to slow future talent down by nursing injuries. Um, yeah, that's a rough one, man. And you're right. He didn't have his best game uh, in the Super Bowl against his former team. You would have liked to have seen that, but it just didn't happen. Uh, Nick Bosa went off. But I can say this. Nick Bosa, his best games were when D Ford was playing his best games. If you remember the first five weeks of the season, Nick Bosa wasn't in the mention for rookie of the year. He was in the mention for defensive player of the year. And once that injury went down with D Ford, not that Nick Bosa's play suffered, but teams were able to shift their focus away from and towards Nick Bosa. That's when he started getting double and triple teamed. Um, so having that opposing edge player off the edge uh that's huge because that means nick bosa's not getting a tight end nick bosa's not getting the chip block he's not getting the free guard you know rolling to his side and pass pro things like that so we've seen it work and that's the thing about the nfl that confuses me whenever you find something that works 
why change it up? <laughs> it's one of those things I just don't get. Um, we know it works with D Ford. Yeah, the health is a concern, but unless you get like a offer that's going to blow the doors off, then I then it's it whatever. It's what it is. Um, anyway, for everybody that is on hot mic, please hit that share button up top. I don't care if you have one Twitter follower, one Facebook follower, whatever. That helps the podcast a lot. Uh, we get judged by the shares uh, that everybody puts out there. So if you don't mind doing that, I would really, really appreciate it. Now, a couple other pieces of information from John Lynch, okay? And I think probably the most significant one is this. They asked John Lynch what it is you're looking for at pick number 13. The 49ers have two picks in the first round, pick 13 and pick 31. Now, they came out, he came out and said this. He says, currently what we're looking for is, and this is the quote, difference makers that can have an impact now. Now, then he went on to say, they asked him, are you willing to trade back? And he said, yes, we are willing to trade back. John Lynch said that they have six players that he and Kyle Shanahan, which is important, he and Kyle Shanahan have agreed on if they are there at 13, they're taking those, and it's done. However, if those six players are gone, then they're going to trade back. And it, whenever you look at, you know, exactly what's happening, you know, if we, if we just look at the top six, well, there's a couple quarterbacks in there. Okay, whether you have Tua or Justin Herbert or Chase Young, you know, whether they're in your top six rankings or not, it doesn't matter. They're going to be gone. So just off of my top ten, which you could throw this off, whatever, um, Isaiah Simmons, Chase Young, Jerry Judy, Akuda, Derek Brown, C.D. Lamb, Tristan Wirfs, those are kind of the guys, you know, if you take the quarterbacks out of it, that are going to fit into your top six. And... Not to say that they are consensus top six guys, but those are the type of names you want to see. Isaiah Simmons, there's no way he's going to be there. He'll be long gone. Chase Young, he's gone as well. Now we're down to four, okay? And if that's the case, you're talking Jerry Judy, impact player 100%, fits what Kyle Shanahan does on the offensive side. Definitely talent has there. Jeffrey Okuda, cornerback, 100% scheme fit, system fit, all those things. Derek Brown, that's a huge position of need that we just lost. You know, another quote that I really, really enjoyed from Lynch is he said, trading DeForest Buckner was the hardest thing I've had to do as a GM. He was a foundational piece is the quote that he used. Well, what if you can replace him with another three tech? Is Derek Brown DeForest Buckner? No, he's not. Is Javon Kinlaw DeForest Buckner? No, he is not. But... Both of them are going to be top echelon uh, interior defensive linemen. So if you're just trying to replace, then I think Brown and Ken Law are going to be in the conversation. Um, you know, so it, and it's really, really funny with 49ers Twitter, too. People either love Brown and hate Ken Law or love Ken Law and hate Brown. There's not a lot of people that like both. I'm in the Brown category, personally. I do like Ken Law. Uh, I've talked a lot about him on this podcast. Um, and then the next player, the last player on my top that would fit outside of the quarterbacks would be C.D. Lamb. Um, 49ers have met with him already. Uh, he, he's not the best route runner, the system he came out of. But you want to talk about, you know, again, difference makers. If you've watched one game, any game ever of C.D. Lamb, and you can go back to his freshman year, he is the definition <laughs> of a difference maker. Now, the rumors around the NFL are swirling 
talking about teams that want to trade up. The latest rumor is the Kansas City Chiefs want to trade up for Henry Ruggs. So do you put Henry Ruggs in that category? Um, you know, they put a premium on speed, as we have seen, and they can't get enough of those track meet guys, and Henry Ruggs might be the fastest out of everybody. Um, so, so that's another thing that you want to play into. A couple other things that I will say. You know, John Lynch, the couple quotes that he had, he was asked about Joe Staley and if there's an if there's a chance that Staley might retire if they've heard anything. And he said that he has not received any information from Staley that makes him think they will retire, that he will retire. So um, I don't want to add too much to that. That's just how he responded to the question. I think you take that for what it is. He was also asked about Western Richburg Center uh, with his torn patella tendon, which is a rough one. And he said that they are very optimistic that he will be ready by training camp. So we'll just have to wait and see. Nobody's doing physicals right now. So, again, it's a, it's a timeline approach, and it's a word-of-mouth approach just with the person himself. Uh, that's not a medical approach. And kind of, a, you know, just shooting around and shooting the breeze with the reporters. He was asked um, about trading, and John Lynch said this. He said, we'll trade anything. This is a quote. We'll trade anything, just not our fifth rounders. Uh, those have been good, good to us, especially talked about you know getting Drake Greenlaw um, and getting, of course, the greatest tight end um, in human history, George Kittle. So um, that that's kind of where we're at with that, and you know it kind of ended up with this, and then he gave a tour of his uh, draft quarters and what that looks like. But he was asked, you know, are you trying to win now, or are you trying to move? to a place where you can have sustained success long-term as a team. And John Lynch, and I believe this, he says, I think you can do both. I really do think that's the case. And so that's what they're trying to do. They're not trying to sacrifice future for now, and they're not trying to sacrifice now for future. There's a way that you can move forward together, especially whenever you have a quarterback. And the 49ers have that, and it's a manageable contract. And so very excited about things moving forward with the franchise and with where everything is. Uh, I, I just think that it's going to work. I, I really, really do. Now, the draft's going to be fun, and hopefully you guys all join us. Now, I did want to say this. On the last podcast, I said the first few people that get reviews in on iTunes – I'm going to give you a free draft book, and I got to do that. But the problem is this. <laughs> I needed you to leave your email or your Twitter handle. And so people either left their Twitter handle, um, but their messages are locked, so I can't send them any information to <laughs> uh, send them the draft book. So um, the three first winners were uh, Big Bad Bob, Jay Pelson, and Dominique or Dominique Ski. So I need you guys to either message me, my DMs are open, or unlock your DMs so I can send those to you. Thank you very much for leaving those reviews. And there's still one more review or draft book to give away. Again, this compliments of Devin, uh, one of my social media guys that helps me out with everything. Um, head over to iTunes, leave a five-star review, leave either your email or your Twitter handle in the review, and I will send that over to you. So uh, if you want that before the draft, it's a lot of stuff to look through, so I would strongly recommend hurrying through that. Um, so that's what we got there. And again, just a reminder, Hot Mike's where it's at. We are going to be broadcasting live for the draft. We'll see how the first round goes. I don't want to commit to doing the entire day two yet. Uh, I want to make sure it's something that everybody enjoys and the volume's good and all those things. But we'll talk through that. Um, so another rumor. Yeah, we got to talk about this. Thank you, Jaybird. What would it take for Ingram um, if we had acquired the available picks? Kyle Shanahan 
he's going to do whatever the hell he can to get an athletic receiving tight end alongside George Kittle. Now, we have not seen this. We haven't seen this going back to his days in Cleveland. Uh, We haven't seen this in Washington. We haven't seen this in Atlanta. We haven't seen this in the 49ers. We haven't seen it when he was with Houston. You go all the way back. So we don't know. We have not seen, obviously, George Kittle's not going anywhere. He is the definition of what it takes to be a 49er long-term. He's a central piece that everything goes through. So, Evan Ingram, much more athletic piece than uh, even George Kittle. He's a finesse tight end, a move tight end is usually the term that's used. He's not a good hand-in-the-dirt guy, which usually goes against kind of what Kyle Shanahan wants from a tight end. So, this is something new. What would it take? I, I think it'd take a second-round pick. We don't have one, obviously. Um, Dave Gettleman, the GM. Which, <laughs> I don't know if you saw the picture that I tweeted out. You know, John Lynch releases a picture of what his draft headquarters looks like, and about five days ago, David Gettleman let, put a picture of the same thing. Could not be two different teams. Uh, two opposed ideologies. You know, Kyle Shedahead, I think, has six to seven different monitors, and he's got three separate phones, and it's clean, and everything's just separated with charging units and all this kind of stuff. And then you look at David Gettleman. He's got five three-ring binders. He has a lotion kit next to his computer, which is a little shady. I don't know why you'd put that up there. Um, pins and paper. He didn't even have a wireless mouse, which was a red flag to me. But anyway, talking about these two teams. You could not have two more diametrically opposed approaches to the draft, to football, to personnel, to every single thing. David Gettleman is, he's a meme from the past, and he just refuses to change, and that's just who he is. But he's not our GM, so whatever. So whenever you're talking about trades between the 49ers, John Lynch, and the New York Giants, David Gettleman, it's interesting. Um, I don't know what it is he would want for that player because he's just weird as hell. He doesn't like to trade, actually. he likes. He, he's not a big trader. Uh, talked about Gettleman there. But my guess is probably second-round value because of the injury status of you know Evan Ingram. And they took our other tight end, Caden Smith, who we drafted. They like him. He started a lot of games there, and I think they're going to stay with him. So if you could give up perhaps a 2021 second, I would be okay with that. You know, If that's what Kyle Shanahan wants to do, something new and something kind of crazy, for you know this offense and wants to play around, let them do that. I'd give up a 2021 second rounder. Um, I, I think that's that's kind of about what it's going to cost. Now, once you get into adding players like Solomon Thomas or Dante Pettis or you know any of the previous players we mentioned, um, I would swap Chukwasky Tart out for Evan Ingram straight up. I think it costs more than that, however, but I think that would be good. Um, from AJ, uh, do we have the leadership and veteran presence on defense if we trade away Ford and Alexander? Uh, we just traded away an amazing, uh, yeah, and Buckner. That's a lot of loss. You, you're not wrong there. But you're getting a lot of players back. So on the back end, you have Richard Sherman. As long as Richard Sherman's on this defense, even with his play, whatever, even if his play did start to go down, which it hasn't yet, I think that this defense is going to be fine. Because you've got Richard Sherman, who's the vocal whatever. Uh, The middle group, the linebacker group, you already have Fred Warner. He's got that on lockdown completely. And then if you look at the defensive line, you have two mainstays. And Eric Armstead, who's not going anywhere for a long time. And and Nick Bosa, who currently, according to Vegas rules, is the number two uh, best odds for defensive player of the year. So 
the defense is going to be fine. Now, is Quan Alexander the voice of the defense? I'd say him and Sherman are currently right now. Ford's not a talker. So Ford is not a big leadership guy or a talker, and he never has been. That's just not who he is. DeForest Buckner wasn't very loud and vocal either. Uh, that wasn't part of his game. So I think the locker room's going to be fine. Um, everybody there wants to win, and it's going to be different, but it's, it's going to be different. So uh, from Allen real quick. What would they say about the 49ers front office if they had traded away good players and good locker room guys? Well, I think if you look at, you know, Alan, I think you're talking about DeForest Buckner here. And let, let's say this. DeForest Buckner was a good guy. He was a locker room guy. And he epitomized everything that the 49ers represented. Exactly what um, John Lynch just said. That's why it was so hard. But they couldn't pay him. They couldn't pay him $21 million. They could not. And so I, I love how they handled that situation. They they basically say, you look at what the Jags are going through with Yannick Ngakwe, who's arguing on Twitter with their GM back and forth and tagging each other. It's hilarious. It's a terrible franchise and a terrible locker room guy going back and forth. Now you look at what happened with DeForest Buckner. DeForest Buckner wanted to get paid top-tier money and be on a contending team. Guess what the 49ers did? They traded him to a contending team that wants to win now and were willing to pay him top-tier money. That There's not one person in the 49ers locker room that looks at the DeForest Buckner sh uh, situation and shakes their head. They say, yeah, they did right by their player. They couldn't pay him. They sent him to a winning place and got him paid. That's positive locker room morale. So if you're a rookie, let's say you're a fifth-round rookie and you're playing on a super cheap contract as far as NFL standards and making money, okay? Let's say that's what it's going to be. Now, you have to look at the DeForest Buckner situation and say, man, even if these guys can't pay me, they're not going to screw me over. They're not going to send me to wherever uh, that's not going to win. That's not, that's not who they are. Now, maybe eventually we'll start to get to see some of those things, but the way in which this front office treated DeForest Buckner is a positive from all access points. There's not a victim or a loser in the situation. DeForest Buckner wins. 49ers win. Colts win. There's a way to do business, and I believe this is true across sports. You know, I I don't share a lot of my past, but I used to be involved in real estate, started my own real estate company and all those things. I had a couple partners and it didn't eventually work out because my partners wanted to leverage each situation into the maximum profit no matter what and screw the other people over. That was literally a lot of the mindset going into deals, and I couldn't handle it. I hated it. Why, why, why do we need to take advantage of other people if we're getting what we want? Why do we have to get all that extra? I, I, I just think that that's that's not humanity. At least it shouldn't be. So whenever you look at this front office and how they've dealt with everybody, um, even Mike Person, you could have kept Mike Person and no penalty to yourself, none whatsoever. But you knew moving forward, he wasn't going to be the guy. You want Brunskill and he wanted Compton. So you cut him, you allow him to get out there before the draft, and he gets to land a spot. He signed, I think it was with the Denver Broncos, for more money than we were paying him. So, again, another guy, Mike per this isn't in my notes, but I, I love the question. Thank you. This is a great question to kind of go off on. You reward a person that 
sacrificed a lot and played through a lot of injuries. Mike Person, he was great. It, should he have started in the Super Bowl? No. Should he have been pulled at halftime? Yes. But that doesn't mean he didn't lay everything on the line and do everything he could. And again, you look at you're a player. You're rising through the 49ers franchise. You look at a guy that does everything right, says everything right, plays through injuries, does everything, and how did the 49ers treat him? They allow him to go land a spot before the draft. Because, you know, if you look at Mike Person, he might not be a player that's going to start in the NFL after the draft. What if the Broncos signed a guard or drafted a guard early? Then they would say, no, we don't need him. But it's it's a constant us and them, how do we all win? And I love that. Um, I love that. So take that for what you want. Sorry I uh, uh, got off. Um, I apologize. Uh, so I will say this. I'm seeing a comment that the audio is a little low. That's on me. It's a new computer. I'm working through so many different things and trying to get content out to you guys. I promise to have everything working much better, but uh, that is my apologies. Hang in there, guys. Uh, I'm working through this. I'm not a tech guy, but I have a lot of tech people working for me. Uh, I think the NFL is seeing a lot of this anyway, so take that for what you want. Real quick, Raul, before I get into my top two players from each round, um, would you trade the 31st pick in Pettis for Odell Beckham Jr.? Um, or a 20 and 21 first rounder for Pettis and OBQ. I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. is happening because of the contract. Um, Cleveland has come out and said repeatedly they are not moving him. And, you know, Jake Glazer, who <laughs> had a big mishap a week ago talking about COVID 19, but he's even said there has not been one discussion between these two teams about this. So I don't think it's going to happen. Would I do it? Maybe. I like Odell Beckham Jr. more than most people. Uh, so take that for what you want. All right, here we go. Let's jump into this is what the podcast was supposed to be about for an hour. I'm going <laughs> to I've, I've go uh, a little quick through this because we're already past the 30-minute mark. But, hey, it's, it's draft week. Let's have a good time. Uh, this is awesome. Here's what I want to do. My two favorite players from each round. Now, these are not my top-rated players. These are not my two best fits for the 49ers. That's not what it is. If I had to bet on two players for each round that are going to be long-term pros, these are my guys, okay? Uh, throw scheme fit, throw everything out, okay? These are two players that just stand out to me and, again, not my top players. Number one in the first round, um, we're going to go all the way through seven rounds. So you guys want the deep sleepers and all that stuff. We're going to do that. Number one, whoever drafts this guy, I'm telling you right now, whoever drafts, he's my number 19 player. Whoever drafts him, you, you won the first round. I'm going to give you the best first round grade th that there is. And that's offensive center slash guard Cesar Ruiz from Michigan, six foot three, three Oh seven. Now here's the deal. Two and a half year starter and everything that he does is professional. Um, he dominates game in and game out. Great knee bend. He's the definition of an anchor center that doesn't get pushed back. Plays hard as heck. <laughs> um, loves to get to the second level in space. Whoever drafts Cesar Ruiz, whoever drafts him, you won. It's not going to be sexy, and people aren't going to rush to NFL.com to buy his jerseys. Don't care. Your football team is going to be better day one and will be for eight years if you draft Cesar Ruiz. Love him. Absolutely love this guy. Um, 
he just wins, period. A one-on-one matchups consistently. I love this guy. Now, my second pick, this has nothing to do with the 49ers, but I got to talk about this guy because I haven't been able to with you guys lately. That's Tua Tonga-Vailoa. I love this kid. Um, I'm very thankful the 49ers don't need a quarterback, and I don't think that the 49ers should draft Tua if he was available at 13. I don't think you should draft Tua if he's available at 31. Um, I love the 49ers quarterback situation, but from an NFL draft analyst perspective or whatever, Tua has it. Um, Accuracy and vision in the NFL are two things that make winners. You look at the best quarterbacks all across or the most winning quarterbacks, whatever, I don't care, call it whatever you want. They're going to have one of two things, accuracy and vision. Uh, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, go down the list. You look at the, the quarterbacks that do not have sustained success, or you, you mean Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariotis, uh, fill in the blank, whatever. Accuracy and vision is important, and he has those in spades. You talk about the work ethic. You talk about how hard he is willing to work to make everybody better. He's the hardest work. He will be, I'm going to say this, okay, and I'll move on because I know we're not drafting Tua. He's going to win Walter Payton Man of the Year. He's going to. He's an amazing human. Um, You know, his faith and all that stuff, that's a big deal to him. But if you go listen to the Move the Sticks 360 podcast where they interview his high school coach and college coaches and all this kind of stuff, there's something about what he does. He has it. Um He's 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 a special kid, man, and I I buy into at the quarterback position much more so than any other position in sports. It's it's about what's up here. It's about work ethic and it's about commitment. And you're not going to find a player in the NFL. I'm telling you, it's 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 he already has Peyton Manning mentality, and he's young. So those are my two players for the first round. Now second round, I have so many second round grades. <laughs> It's stupid how many second-round grades I have. Um, I have 36 second-round grades this year in the draft class, the most I've ever had. I've never had that many second-round grades, ever. Um, There is so much talent, and, you know, I wanted to highlight seven players in this class, but I wanted to focus on two, and both of these fit exactly in with what the 49ers want. My first one is defensive tackle from Missouri, Jordan Elliott. And I, I want you to hear this, and I don't think anybody's talked about this yet. Jordan Elliott is a strong possibility for the 49ers at pick 31. I'm not talking trading back. I'm talking about at pick 31, Jordan Elliott is a perfect fit with our defensive scheme, um, exactly what they look for in the position, uh, production, all those things. Jordan Elliott, I'm telling you, <laughs> I. I'm finishing up my last mock draft that I submit for all the contests and all that stuff with the media stuff. Jordan Elliott's going to be on there. Um, this would not shock me at all. Love this kid. He's the most athletic and smooth defensive lineman in this draft with the highest ceiling. Um, if you watch Chris Jones play, man, Jordan Elliott and Chris Jones are so similar. Uh, Jordan Elliott doesn't get the push that Chris Jones gets. But he is so much more athletic, and he just he's playing basketball out there on the football field. Uh, the ceiling, he has the highest ceiling in athleticism of any defensive tackle in this class. Um, really excited to see what he's going to do. Now, he's not the best point of attack guy, but what does the NFL value above everything else? 
pass rush ability. If you want an interior pass rusher, Jordan Elliott is the guy. He's going to have eight sacks year one from the inside. Don't care what team or scheme he goes to. Jordan Elliott's just one of those guys that teams are going to have to stop. Second uh, favorite player in the second round. Man, we started talking about Evan Ingram while ago and athletic tight ends that Kyle Shanahan can go crazy with. Well, if you want athletic, crazy tight end, you got to go to Dayton. <laughs> Dayton, Ohio, baby. Six foot five tight end, Adam Troutman. You got to go to YouTube. But, you know, I have coaches film and all the all 22 stuff. There's none on Dayton. <laughs> you look at, you know, pro football focus, advanced stats. Uh, there's none on Dayton. You got to dig deep. You got to go into the dark circles of the web and find some of this stuff. There is some stuff on YouTube. So if you get bored today and you want to get excited, just type in Adam Troutman versus, okay? Don't type don't type in Adam Troutman highlights. That you're doing yourself a disservice. Highlights are a joke. Game film is everything. Adam Troutman versus and just watch. You're going to see if you guys watch the last dance it, it, it reminds you of Scottie Pippen playing at Central Arkansas. <laughs> um, that's what it looks like because he's bigger, he's faster, he's stronger. He wants it more than everybody else out there, and it looks like they're playing on a middle school soccer field. Um, circus catch extraordinaire. And, and that's the one thing that, you know, you watch these small school players, and anytime you get a small school player, you have to say, okay, is this just because they're playing against lower-level competition? And you try to figure all those things out. But then you look at his athletic profile, everything checks out. Ran a 4.840 at 255. Has no bad weight on him. Dude looks, he looks jacked. Looks like he could lose weight, uh, which would lose muscle, or it looks like he could gain weight. Um, but he's huge. 34.5-inch vertical at 255. The guy, 6.783 cone at the combine there is not a coach in the nfl that cares more about three cone uh testing time than kyle shanahan troutman ran a six seven eight debo was right at seven seconds he is shiftier at 255 than debo is this guy i'm telling you right now now the problem is he's going to go early second round um you know my comp for him is dallas goddard I really do think who was the second-rated tight end, according to Pro Football Focus this year, behind only um, George Kittle. But I'm telling you right now, Adam Troutman, he's fun, guys. Um, (laughs) You want some entertainment value, please go check that out. Now, before we jump to rounds three, four, five, six, and 7, which I'm going to pick up the pace on just a little bit, I do want to say very thankful for our sponsor today, betonline.ag. Uh, they have been supporting us and Blue Wire Podcast for a while. These guys are awesome. Now, here's the deal. There's not a lot of betting going on. There is some betting with the draft stuff going on and all that stuff. But here's the deal. Our exclusive partner, BetOnline.ag, still has hundreds of events, games, props to wager on. Online casino, poker, blackjack, they got it all. They bring Vegas to you. You want to bet NFL? Guess what? You can bet live daily on in, uh, Madden NFL 20 simulations. You can bet on the games. You can bet on the games. Uh, you still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, all that kind of stuff. Open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your welcome bonus. So, again, betonline.ag, your online wagering solution. Thank you, guys. 
for your support of the podcast. We really do appreciate it. Now, let's jump into the third round because, you know, everybody, you know, depending on what you listen to, uh, everybody talks first and second rounders. We get it. They're important. They're the top guys. But let's jump down and let's talk about some names. Now, these are my grades, (laughs) so you can take them for whatever you want. My first guy in the third round I love, he has a huge question mark. He broke his foot right before the combine, and so he didn't get to participate, which I think he lost more than anybody else through the combine process because of this. Uh, His athletic profile was going to be outstanding. And this is a guy the 49ers know very well. Wide receiver from South Carolina, Debo's teammate, Brian Edwards. Big-bodied, shifty guy, 6'3", 212. Um now, we don't have the 40, we don't have the agility scores and all that stuff, but we have the film, and we have a lot of it. He's a four-year starter. Um, he, he started for a long time. So every game, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan and all the scouts watched of Debo, guess what? They also saw Brian Edwards on the other side, and he has never taken a step back. He's third in SEC history in receptions and fourth in yards. So this is a guy who has done it against the best for the longest time. So really, really excited about him. Whoever gets him. You know, some people are saying he's going to drop to the fourth round. It's possible just because of the red flags, because of the health. But he's just somebody that just goes and gets it. And, he, you know, 6'3 is huge. So you think downfield threat and all those things. No, they ran bubble screens. He moved into the Debo role after Debo left. Uh, reverses, they put him in the backfield, um, all jet sweeps. He did it all at 6'3", 212. Yeah, a lot of people were saying he was going to be a you know a low 4'5", high 4'4", guy in the 40, which if he would have done that, it, not saying he would have taken the Denzel Mims level of explosion up the boards, but it would have been up there. Um, next guy I got talking about, oh, I like this guy. Um, and if you want him, you're going to have to take him around here. This is huge, and six foot eight, three hundred and eight pounds. South Carolina State offensive tackle Alex Taylor really like this kid. You know, early on, you go through the mock draft simulators, and you know, there's all those different sites that you can play with, whether it's FanSpeak, First Pick, Draft Network, um, FLP Ed, whatever. There's there's so many of them. Every time I'd see Alex Taylor's name, I picked it. And, you know, it was seventh round early on, coming out of South Carolina State again, another small school guy. Then it was bumped up to sixth round. I kept taking it. Then it was bumped up to fifth round. I was like, oh, heck yeah, that's value. Then fourth round, and I'm just like, oh, my God, please. Uh, (laughs) This guy, he, he just has pro written all over him. The way the NFL, especially Kyle Shanahan's system, again, you're talking about guys. These are just guys I like. But whenever it's a guy that I like and fits perfectly with what Kyle Shanahan wants from an offensive tackle, it gets pretty damn exciting. Um, he's just length and athleticism. Okay, six foot eight, three oh eight. Um, his arms are thirty six point one inches. Um, he's in the ninety seventh percentile of just offensive tackles in the NFL. Um, uh, height, arm length, hand size, and broad jump. Uh, former basketball star, obviously, with all those things. You know, my my athletic profile put him as Cam Robinson. But here's what's crazy. 
he has a longer wingspan than LeBron James. <laughs> so if you're just looking from a standpoint of length on the edge, you know, that's going to be a developmental type player that you could sit for a year or two behind Staley. I know a lot of people are, are saying that if one of the top offensive tackles falls, the 49ers could get them. And that's a possibility. It really is. But let's say the 49ers don't go O-line early. They're getting a tackle in this class. I, I, I'd bet anything on it. Alex Taylor's going to be on the list. Uh, not saying they're going to draft him, but it just makes so much sense. Uh, you know, developmental guy again, you know, level of competition. But all of the things that you want from a tackle, he has them in spades. He has them all. Um, so that's Alex Taylor in the third round. Now let's jump to the fourth round. I like these two guys, two secondary guys. And this is my number 113 and 114 player. I have them back-to-back. Um, A.J. Green, cornerback out of Oklahoma State. You know, I'm a Big 12 guy. I'm a Longhorn guy. And I this guy's been playing for a long time, three-year starter at Oklahoma State. Now, he goes out. He didn't have a good combine. He's a 6'1 corner with long arms, and he ran a 4'6'2". Now, he had his pro day. And, and now, hold on. I understand what you're going to say. Yeah, he did better at his pro day. But the one thing that Oklahoma State did that other people didn't do is they had digital timers, official track timers at their pro day. So he increased that to a 449. Okay, still not elite, but good enough to get into the program. And that's not a hand time, that is an official um, timing system used for track meet. So, one, AJ Green would not have been on this list despite that. He is one of the few people that got lucky to have his pro day after the fact or before everything went crazy. Um, this was right be right as all the crap was hitting the fan with COVID-19. So you go back to A.J. Green. Again, one of those guys that has a perfect mentality and metrics for a cover three corner. Um, you know, he played a lot of man where he just had to be manned up against C.D. Lamb you know, freaking three years in a row, that's going to be problematic. <laughs> and, yeah, he got burnt a lot. But he was guarding the best player, play and play out, in the Big 12 on a terrible defense. Um, so I love the way that this kid operated, never complained, never did anything, just showed up and did everything that he needed to do. Six interceptions, 21 passes defense. Uh, I think his best football is ahead of him because if you put this kid, A.J. Green, on a good defense – one that's going to generate pressure, he's going to be able to get turnovers because his athletic profile and his length and the way he plays the ball is special. Really, really like this guy. Now, uh, last one in the fourth round. This is Cameron Curl, safety out of Arkansas. Now, the 49ers have uh, had a visit with him. Now, this is a guy that has a red flag, okay? So uh, he was suspended for an entire year because of, you know, whatever. All we could go by is what the yeah, – I looked at the police report. I looked into the final judge's ruling. I looked into the drop charges, looked at all this stuff. He's got a red flag, uh, having a mishap with some cheerleaders. If you want to look into it, whatever, it had to do with pictures and a cheerleader. So I'll leave it at that. However – um, everything has been completely cleared and dropped. Uh, he was admitted back into the program and responded very well. I think a big reason why the 49ers met with him and a lot of other people will meet with him is because the play on the field matches. And again, the 49ers know about him because of a teammate, Dre Greenlaw, Arkansas. They've been going through Dre Greenlaw's film. And so that's why they, Cameron Curl is on their radar. Um, he's played one season as an outside corner, one season as a slot corner, so he can cover really, really well, and one season as a box safety. 
this is another player that could step into that Jaquaski chart role. There is a red flag there, though. Um, he probably would have been a fourth, um, you know, third, late third rounder probably. But this red flag, that's going to be an issue. It's what it is. Um, so let's move into the fifth round here. Um, let's go through these guys. Darrington Evans, another guy the 49ers had in. Uh, Appalachian State running back, shifty, shifty, second fastest time at the combine from the running back position, ran a 4 4 1. He, he's just he he just disappears his speed uh he perfect zone guy perfect third down running back think Jarek mckinnon uh very similar to who he is another guy like quintez cephas uh, wisconsin wide receiver 61 202 um bigger bodied guy better football player than he was uh, a wide receiver you know you talk about jeff akuda the top corner they asked him who the toughest player he played against was Quintess Cephas, he said without hesitation every year. Now, again, now we're into red flag territory. Uh, accused of an assault, was completely acquitted. Uh, welcome back into the program, all that stuff. That's where we are. That's the type of players that you're getting in this if you're drafting for ceiling. Um, you do with that what you will. Uh, again, read through the court stuff and all the stuff that happened there. Uh, acquitted happened. Whatever. I don't want to talk more about that. Sixth round, Jared Pickney. Tight end out of Vanderbilt, 6'4", 257. If you want to go with your blocking tight end, this is your guy. He's a tank. Four-year starter in the SEC, and he's just a beast. He's a big dude. Uh, he can catch. He's not shifty at all. Again, he's just a giant tank. Uh, think Rhett Ellison type. Uh, staying in the sixth round, Jerron Bryant. Cornerback out of Fresno State. Again, another one of those long... Fast corner, 6'1", 186. He didn't get invited to the combine, but his game tape is good. Uh, could possibly be an undrafted free agent that a lot of teams will like because he has ball skills. Um, six interceptions, 26 passes defense. He's just a ball skill corner uh, with great hips. And then the seventh round, last two guys I'll talk about. Shea Patterson, quarterback out of Michigan. Um, I don't like him that much, but for a seventh-round quarterback, he does have something. And <laughs> we'll have to see how the quarterback responds outside a hardball system. But he is one of those guys that just has something that I think teams are going to like. Uh, very Nick Mullins-esque uh, mobility and just a gamer. He just, the Michigan team just underperformed. And last player I want to talk about today is Jalen Elliott, safety from Notre Dame. Um, a lot of people really like this kid, uh, but his speed was just so bad at the Combine. Um, probably was, you know, in that fourth round territory. He goes out and runs a 4-8, and so he's fallen down the draft board. But in the seventh round, this is somebody you can get, put on every single unit of special teams, and he's going to make your team better. Um, a better football player than he is um, a safety. So, you know, perhaps he can transition and add weight to become a linebacker. I think that's another thing that he could do. But uh, that's going to do it. Those are my uh, two favorite players from each round and so hopefully you guys enjoyed that man we're almost we're creeping up on the hour standpoint but man this is fun and you know i'm going to be jumping off here soon and i'll say this you got to join us for the draft um we put a lot of time into this and it's going to be a good production and i want it to constantly be about the 49ers so we got a whole first round in several hours 
Um, on the Hot Mike app, come join us. It's going to be a 49er-centric. We're going to be covering all the things about it, and yeah, I want this to be a blast for you guys, plus the jersey. you got to come for the Jimmy Garoppolo jersey, right? Um, man, that thing's 555 bucks. We're giving it away for free because we're stupid, but uh, it's who we are. Anyway, love you guys. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the broadcast, and, man, um, I'll throw something together probably Wednesday. Tomorrow I'll be taking off, but Wednesday will be my final predictions for the NFL draft and any new news or rumblings, but I don't think we're going to get a lot more than we already have. Pay attention to a couple things, especially my Twitter family. Make sure it's the right account. <laughs> don't get got. <laughs> I finished watching The Wire about a week ago. Don't get got. Uh, fake accounts. Pay attention to what's out there. Double check the sources. See what else is out there. Don't overreact. But if you have questions, as always, man, hit me up on Twitter at JL underscore Chapman. I'm always there for you guys. And just want to say thanks for all the support. So, as always, guys, three more days. Stay strong, faithful. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.